Hello and welcome to another instalment in our series of interviews to shine a light on the New Zealand men's domestic circuit. Today we're joined by former New Zealand under 19 and current Auckland captain Robert O'Donnell. Rob, welcome to the Top Order podcast. Hey guys, yeah, thank you very much for having me. Well, look, good to have you on. Just a, a few days out from the start of the season. We mentioned the captaincy of the side in the intro. So let's start there. It's not entirely new to you, but what does it mean to you personally to have that C against your name on the team sheet starting the season for the Blues? Yeah, no, it's uh, really it's really exciting. Um, personally, yeah, you've touched on it. I've um, been doing a bit of captaincy in the Plunkett Shield over the past couple of seasons, but... Um, yeah, to be all three and, and start sort of governing in the white ball stuff, I'm, I'm really excited to, to see how that's going to grow my game and what sort of influence I can have on um, the Auckland team. And what's been the, I guess, the off-field stuff that you've had to deal with, specifically, I guess, in light of COVID? Has that added a lot to your plate leading into a pre-season? Yeah, well, we've got um, the New Zealand... Cricket Players Association, who have um, been amazing throughout the whole process. Um, they've informed us every step of the way, and obviously, you know, it's been released to the media and public that the Black Caps have a, a really stacked home summer. Um, we know we're in a really lucky position across the world, where you know we're very fortunate to have not been impacted as a as a overall sport um, as bad as other sports around the, the globe. So. And how lucky we are to be outside and, and fizzing to play some cricket this year. So a lot of it's just been around informing guys and, and the contracting process, which which has remained the same over the, the last few years. But, um, yeah, overall, it's, it's just we're ready to go um, for Tuesday out here against Otago. And on a slightly more frivolous note, it must be nice that you get to boss your younger brother around at work this year. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Yeah, he's... Uh, <laughs> He is a little, he is a little brother, but he's um, he's actually unfortunately six foot four, so he does cower <laughs> over me. Um, but no, it's great to have him on board this year. He's put a lot of hard work in over the last few years, um, put some good numbers up, and he's obviously been to and fro between England and, and New Zealand and put up some big numbers in um, Auckland A cricket. But um, yeah, it's a funny one because he's actually been captaining our club side, the Tagapuna Pirates. So uh, quite often we'd go back to. Uh, first couple of rounds of the season at club cricket and he'd be definitely um, <laughs> someone should get out and try and boss me around the park at <laughs> the of the club side. <laughs> nice. Uh, onto that playing group now, I guess um, just looking at the ins and outs, you've sort of had a couple of notable departures. Obviously, Craig Chopra has retired and, and Jeet Ravale's moved to ND, but maybe you could just fill in the listeners on, on all the ins and outs for the, the contract list. Yeah, so, um, yeah, you're, you're bang on. Uh, the only other person to have left is um, Finn Allen, who was our middle-order batter, and he's gone down to Wellington just to look for a, a bit more of an opportunity down there. Um, so it's the new new arrivals of our squad. Are, as I've mentioned, my brother, William O'Donnell. We've got Ollie Pringle, who's a Parnell boy, uh, Seema. Ross Bark, the left-arm Seema from Takapuna, our home club as well. And we've also had the likes of Brian Harrison, um, one of the... Uh, youngsters coming out of East Coast base has been tra- training and travelling really well with our group. Um, so, you know, a few guys to get their, their first year contracts with Auckland, which is really awesome to, you know, be a part of. Um, and they're really just pushing the group to continuously improve and improve ourselves out there. And I saw Colin Monroe's on the, the contract list this year. Is he he's still just down to play the white ball stuff, is he? 
Yeah, that's right. So Munners, um, yeah, he's, he's not playing any um, blanket shield four-day cricket at the moment. So his, he's coming to the contract list purely based on white ball cricket. Um, and he's he's still got a point to prove. He's been doing an amazing job around the world over the last few years in the shorter format stuff. And um, as you guys well know, he's, he's a hell of a person to watch and, and definitely someone that you want to have in your corner, I might just say. Mm-hmm. And and on the white ball stuff, you, last year you had guys like Mitch McLennigan, Ronnie here are sort of in the mix as well. Obviously they're not on the contract list, but are they still around the, the setup? Yeah, so um, I think this year is probably going to be a slightly new look um, with obviously COVID not really allowing any international or overseas players in a really stacked home summer where since you're going to see some of these, these younger guys who have come in to get their first year contracts get a really big go at, um, at the top level, which is, which is it's really positive. I mean, these guys are working super hard putting these numbers up and year after year trying to strive to, to, to play for Auckland and also to further on go for the Black Caps. So, um, in terms of those guys, I mean, Ronnie has been our 2020 player of the season for the last two years running, and Mitchie, um, everybody knows what he can do, and he's still doing it at the very top level in the IPL and, and all those tournaments around the world. So um, I'm not not entirely sure if we're going to see too much of him this summer um, for Auckland, but we'll just have to see how it all plays out. Obviously, some really well-known names in the squad, the likes of Martin Guptill, Colin Munro, we mentioned Kyle Jamison there as well. What about those guys that are younger in your squad that maybe aren't on the radar of a general Black Caps fan, but we should start taking notice of as they start to push for higher honours? Yeah, we've, we've we're actually been blessed with a few guys who are sort of you know just making that transition at the moment. Um, to add to that, we've also got Will Somerville, who's proved proved himself in the, the Test arena around the world and, and especially the subcontinent. Um, and then you know we've also got. The likes of Glenn Phillips and, and Mark Chapman who have both, you know, played for New Zealand and um, not necessarily been mainstays at the moment. But what those guys are doing is they're really just performing at, at the domestic level and, and, and really stacking up some big numbers. So those two um, who were batting in our top order are definitely two to watch out for. And just looking back at last season, you sort of finished fourth in the Plunkett Shield, but finalists in the Super Smash and also lifted the Ford Trophy. Just firstly, how were the nerves at eight for 250 in that Ford Trophy final with 30 still to go? Yeah, we, um, it was definitely nerve-wracking. I mean, <laughs> they, they put up a good total and Eden Park um, was, was flat and short straight and it was, a, it was a beautiful day out there, nice big crowd. Um, yeah, we did know that they we potentially didn't bowl as well as we could have and, and probably leaked about 30 or 40 runs extra. But what we did always know in the back of our minds was if we've got one person in there, um, it's extremely hard to defend. Uh, it's, it just gets better to look at throughout the day and, and even, you know, second or third day. So that's what you'll see. And a lot of the Plunkett Shield stuff as well as the look, it just looks, becomes batsman's paradise out there. It's a fast, short outfield and um, flat wicket. So we, we were definitely nervous, but, um, you know, that's, that sort of showed the courage that Mark Chapman showed there to pick a moment, um, back himself, and then take down Dean Foxcroft in that in that in that over and hit him for three bombs to get us over the line. Yeah, a really a really impressive white ball season for you guys last year. How do you replicate that form this year with these new guys coming into your squad? And on the other hand, have you had a big focus on improving your Plunkett Shield performance? Yeah, um, both have definitely been spoken about. Um, the Talk of the white ball one first. It's just going to take um, a lot of the senior guys around the group to just continually 
you know, ask questions and, and be willing to learn and grow and, and share feedback with everyone, which is something that our group's become really accustomed to at the moment and it could be a really exciting place for the next season or two to come. Is um, you know, guys just being really open and honest and, and asking and trying to learn new things and add to their games. But ultimately, it's just going to come down to we've got 11 guys out there at any one time um, and everyone's just got to do their job. Um, we've got to identify some some key moments and we've got enough players who, who know those moments. Then it's just about switching on um, and literally just trying to take it down. And if we win more moments than we lose, we'll, we'll be well on our way to replicating another good white ball campaign. Um, the plug at shield side of thing it's, it's definitely been something we've spoken about um, it's probably the the championship that you want to win the most as a domestic cricketer it's, it's certainly a hard slog and, and with eight rounds you know you got you got to play at least 30 good days worth of cricket out there um, to, to get over the line and last year it was you know, we were there and thereabouts. We had a couple of really close games where, you know, we almost got Otago. We had the nine down. So that ended up being a draw. We had two two days rained out against Wellington. We didn't play a whole game in Otago. And then we had the last two rounds um, cancelled due to COVID. So it just shows that, you know, if, one, if you win one game, um, it can really just change the balance of, of that leadership table. And um, that's practically what it comes down to is, the back end of the Plunkett Shield is there's some seriously hard cricket and if you're trying to back it up day by day and, and become on the, the right side of the ledger, that's how you end up lifting that thing, which hasn't been done for about six years for us. Well, now that we've got, a, I guess, a full sense of the squad and, and some of the behind-the-scenes comings and goings, as club cricketers, we know there's certain characters in every single team, no matter what level. So we want to go through and a little bit of a quick fire. We will get to the best sledge you've heard um, on the field. So we've had a couple of good runners and riders in the past couple of weeks off your, um, your colleagues around the circuit. So have that in the back of your mind. But first one, who's the bowler that's every, that everyone's scared to drop a catch off? Yeah, it's uh, probably a, it's a mixed bag here because we've got a few nasty farsies rolling around at the moment with the likes of Lockie Ferguson and, and Kyle Jamison. But I'm not going to lie to you, the one person who's probably not bowling as much that you would never want to drop a catch off is um, Colin Munro. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's extremely tough standing at second or third slip when you're about seven and a half metres from the bat and that thing <laughs> comes flying at you. Um, and then obviously the, the barrage of words just flies in off of it more and usually goes through and takes a court and bowl or gets a boulder and LB and just says, I've got a daughter on my bloody self. <laughs> yeah, so d- does he have the best post-wicket celebration as well or does that go to someone else? Uh, no, I'm going to have to give that to um, Glenn Phillips. He's uh, obviously used to be a bit of a wicket keeper back in his day, but he's been putting in, uh, over the last three years, I think he's bowled as many overs as, as Nathan Lyon. He's won <laughs> some awesome off-spin at the moment and... Um, his, his look at celebrations would be one to watch out for on, on the pooch or any of the white ball games if he gets a stint because oh, the time in the C, yeah the time in the CPL he's had is, is definitely going to his head a bit it's beautiful to watch <laughs> and I, I know you guys probably get out onto turf a little bit quicker than we used to in the olden days but when you are in those indoor nets who bowls off 18 yards and tries to pin you to the back of the net yeah well there's a We've got a fair few seamers that have been doing that at the moment. Um, it definitely makes you feel that, geez, you know, we're facing guys that are bowling rapid in here. Um, but the one person who, who does it religiously, but also guarantees and promises never to bowl a no ball in a game is um, Sean Solier. Oh, yeah. um, massive front foot delivery stride, but he is 
he's usually off about 15 yards, I'd say. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, he just swears by it, and he says that he'll never bowl a, a no ball in a game. So if he does, we'll have to add him up in a fine session. Yeah. And, and on to the batters now. So who who's the batter you need to stay away from for a few hours after they get out? <laughs> yeah, there's, you know, in times throughout a career, I think we've all been there. Um, yeah. <laughs> The easiest thing to throw, you know, you're going to take your pick. Are you going to, are you going to do a pad, a glove, or you know, are you going to sacrifice the helmet, which has been <laughs> done in the past? Um, but the person at the moment is probably Guppy to a degree. Um, you know, puts a lot of pressure on himself. But um, I've definitely been in the sheds padding up next to him a couple of times where I have put my helmet on before everything else, and, <laughs> and that just takes precedence. Yeah. Do, do you think it directly correlates to how good your equipment sponsor is? I, I guess when I when I stopped getting decent discounts on my bats, my my, uh, my gloves and my pads took more of a hammering than my helmet and my bat. <laughs> yeah, I've yet to break a bat doing it yet. So um, no, Kookaburra have been great to us, and I think if I started going back a couple of times a year, it's usually the pads I have an issue with. So that's not from throwing them. It's usually from getting hit on the knee roll a few times throughout the summer. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's a good point you raised. But, no, guys are, guys are getting a lot better at trying to remove the emotion. But it's still there, you know. You, you want to compete. You want to do your best every time you're out there. Um, and it's a tough game to, to do that regularly. Let's give the batters some credit now then. Who's, who's looking the best in the nets right now? Yeah, well, it's pretty funny you say that because yesterday we, we got onto some fresh nets there at Eden Park um, and the bowlers were off 18 yards with brand new balls. So um, that was that was good fun to say the least. But um, Glenn Phillips at the moment, mate, he's, he's obviously been playing cricket with the, the CPL and, and the likes of just being out there and actually um, and playing and taking the field. But he's, he's looking in some serious mix. So hopefully he can capitalise and... and I can promise one thing in the Red Bull stuff to start is if he's in and he's scoring, it won't be slowly. Yeah, watch out. Um, so who's the yeah. best person to be sitting next to when you're, you're waiting to bat? Uh, that's got to go to Jamie Brown. Um, yeah, he's yeah. one of our seamers. He's actually rocking um, one of the most beautiful haircuts at the moment. It's straight out of the 80s and it's just, um, you know, professional at the front party at the back, so, one of the yeah. biggest mullets and... And moustache combos going around um, cricket at the moment, but he's oh, got excellent. some great banter, and he does take your mind away from cricket at times, which is which is great to have. And is he the guy who keeps sort of everyone up vibe during a long day in the field at Eden Park Number Two? Yeah, he's up there, but the person who does that's usually you know behind the stumps, and that's Ben Horn. Um, everybody might have heard him on on a stint on the radio. He's, he's great with his vocab and his words, um, and just as a sort of endless pit worth of energy which is just great behind the stumps it really gets the guys going and um, loves to see the guys in their, in their, in their white pyjamas he likes to call it <laughs> and there's obviously not been a lot of opportunity during 2020 to get into the weight room but who's owning the weights room at the moment for the for the Aces yeah well we did have a wee bit of time in pre-season and we have our, um, our testing um, in September sort of pre-season and post-season testing uh, so that at the moment is also going to Glenn Phillips. He, uh, due to being at the CPL and going straight from the hotel room to the ground and vice versa, um, the guy doesn't really like to sit still. So he said he was coming back and he was doing about 600 push-ups a day, he was saying. Oh, wow. um, so, yeah, he's gone from Glenn Phillips' batter with the keeper to the Green Hulk coming back <laughs> wearing awesome kit this year. 
So is he one to challenge Cam Fletcher for the most time in the weights room in the in the New Zealand domestic scene? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure I'm sure Fletcher will still well, he'll take he'll take that he'll, be, he'll take it to heart if someone's beating him in the weights room. But GP certainly will um, will be out there this year trying to trying to pimp him and make the sleeves a bit a little bit tighter. I'd say. Oh, brilliant! And and who's the biggest gear nuffy? You say gear. Yeah, who who just absolutely loves their gears, walking around, picking up everyone's bats, doing all that kind of stuff. Um, Mark Chapman is pretty good at that. He um he has got his his bats and he knows exactly which one he wants to use and and he does get some really nice picks through gun and more. Um, but it's great to see when when anyone gets a new bat around the shed, Chappie will be the first one there going. <laughs> oh, that's. Yeah, oh, this is all right. Yeah, there's nothing on this one I've got, but this, this is all right. Yeah. Is this the right handed bat, is it? Oh. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we generated a lad in our changing room who could pick up your bat blindfolded and he could go through the whole team. He was, you know, he would pick pick your bat up with a blindfold on and he'd know whose it was out of the, the first 11. But yeah. Um, who's the sweaty guy? Who's the one that's going to be your ball shiner this year? Yes. Yeah, probably going to have to go to the bowlers. Um, at the moment, it's probably sitting at Kyle Jamison. Um, you know, the big guy runs in off a long run up, but also does sweat a, a quite a bit, actually. And we've, we've had to sort of talk and think about this because obviously um, no saliva and we've just become a bit accustomed to getting in that habit with cricket, um, which is a really strange thing if you think about it. <laughs> People see, uh, you know, putting saliva on a ball and rubbing it on your crotch and, and wonder what the hell's going on. But um, it's, it's going to be a point that, you know, guys are going to have to adapt um, to try and make, you know, gains in that sort of 50 to 80 over mark because otherwise it could very well sort of fall into the, the batting side of things. So at the moment it'll be the likes of Kyle Jamison and, and potentially one of the other seamers. And uh, just on to the other teams now, who's the team that you guys all just absolutely love beating? Yeah, it's got to be Canterbury um, coming from <laughs> Auckland. Yeah, it's always good to have that that rivalry and and celebrate with a probably the loudest team song after that. I'd say. Jeez, Canterbury. We've we've already had Jacob Duffy say the same thing about Canterbury. So uh, yeah, they've got a big mark on their on their uh, on their chest this year. Well, Lippy, you keep asking that question and then just look really disappointed when everyone says they want to beat Canterbury. But yeah, um, maybe you know, maybe there's a reason. Um, what's your favourite ground to to play at away, and does that correlate as the best night out on the domestic circuit as well? <laughs> um, I guess it does. Uh, yeah, for me, it's uh, Wellington. We just love playing at the Basin Reserve, um, especially Plunkett Shield. You know, it's um, it's a great place to play cricket. You know, the viewing area is unbelievable and um, nice big ground, great true surface. Probably the you know one of the best wickets going around New Zealand as well um, on the domestic circuit. And yeah, our accommodation down there is great, and it's it's just an awesome place to be when the summer's around. You know. They always say you can't beat Wellington on a good day, which are chiefless far and few between. But, um, <laughs> yeah, they're not wrong when they get it right. And, and we've reached that point now, the, the best sledge you've heard on the domestic circuit? Yeah, it's one that I have to sort of dive back and have a think about um, because I have caught my fair share um, <laughs> along the way of being <laughs> the coach's son or just another this or just another jaffer and whatnot. But, Mine's a bit more of a, a story um, rather than a direct sledge. And it goes, I think, about eight years ago. Um, Colin Munro was absolutely blitzing it against um, Otago. I think it was down at Uni Oval. I might be wrong specifics, but let, 
let's take the story lightly. Um, and and Munna's got absolutely abused by about four or five of their players and, and loves to pick a fight and definitely picked a fight there and came out on the other side and flipped a, a hundred, I think it was, and instead of taking his helmet off and, and celebrating for the team, clapping him in the, in the shed, he took his helmet off and he pointed his back at every single one of the opposition players and said, that's for you, that's for you, that's for you. And then he said, no, you're all right, but that's for you. And that, he went around the, went through the entire team bar one um, and just absolutely sprayed them after getting 100, probably off about 60 balls. But um, I just, you know, remember, remember hearing that clearly and just sort of putting two and two together. And it's just so much fun batting with that guy because, you know, he's, He's just so down to earth, and at times he just literally sees the loom. Oh, beautiful! That's that's a great story. We um, and it's a it's a great wrap up of the squad. You mentioned your dad there. Before we let you go, I've got to ask, uh, kind of for anyone who who doesn't know uh, your dad, Mark O'Donnell, very well respected coach all around the world, very notorious as well for absolutely hammering uh, catches during fielding trainings to uh, to his own team. Is that did that extend to the backyard? Were you and Will out there in the backyard on a frosty morning, just getting it hammered to you in the morning? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was usually actually having to try and sort of tear us apart after you know Will nicking me off at the automatic wicket keeper trampoline and me saying, "No, nah, I didn't hit it, mate. You still got a bowl." <laughs> um, um, but no, we we did it. We actually remember we we had a dog growing up on you know the north shore of Auckland, and we'd just go down to the park pretty much every day or every second day after school. And we just get him to take the tennis racket and a tennis ball and just say, absolutely launch it up. And, you know, we're, we're trying to do these one-handed screamers and, and trying to take it as low to the ground as possible, um, which is like, looking back, I guess all of us as a bit of, you know, cricket nuffies, it's just our childhood. Um, mm. But he, he is well well renowned for hitting some bloody hard catches and also picking on people who, who don't like it as well. He loves that. He loves to try and break your fingers and, and really rub your nose on the ground. <laughs> Yeah, I have to say I've experienced that at once, and it wasn't much fun. Um, but on a on a <laughs> more a more serious note to to finish up the the chat, um, obviously we've touched on your time with New Zealand under nineteens in the intro, and I imagine sort of everyone playing domestic cricket is kind of thinking of higher honours. But have you kind of set yourself any specific um, personal goals for the upcoming season? Yes, yeah, yeah there's um, this season's definitely one that. Um, you know, there's, there's going to be opportunities throughout the summer. There's a huge home summer. There's a huge New Zealand A program, which, you know, obviously it's, it's well within my sight. Um, I've, I've definitely got the desire to, to want to go on to that top level. And I think as soon as that sort of passion runs out, that'll be a, a time for, you know, sitting back, better reflection and sort of starting to see what life outside of cricket, um, you know, will look like down the line. But this year, I'm just really looking forward to just taking taking every opportunity I can get out there on the park, um, wherever it is, and, and trying to win or put Auckland in as many positions to win as possible because um, if the team's winning and, and you know we're at the top of the leaderboard and winning more games than we're losing, I can guarantee you that more guys are going well that aren't and more guys are going to get selected for New Zealand A and then ultimately you know the Black Caps. So it's, it's not a specific answer. I guess uh, you know, I'm not putting um, runs or hundreds or... Although, geez, that'd be nice. I promise you, the last one was a wee while ago. Um, <laughs> but it's just to get out there and, and do the best I can for Auckland this year because, you know, I've got about 15 to 18 really good mates um, that I've really enjoyed playing my cricket with up here and um, really want to do it for each other up here. And, and trophies just will come, you know, as a result of that. 
Oh, that's a that's a great way to wrap it up. And um, yeah, b- very best of luck for this season. We've been sort of saying it to to all the captains, but we we do genuinely mean it. Um, yeah, a- absolutely best of luck, and, and thanks very much time for for your time today. That's all good, guys. Thanks for having me, and you know, go the bloody ABs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll leave that with Bully. Thanks for tuning in to the Top Order podcast. Before you disappear from our feed. If you're a new listener, please do go and check out the back catalogue. We've spoken recently to New Zealand coach Gary Stead. We've got Graham Thorpe. We've got Shane Dietz. We've got Barry Richards, Shane Bond, Colin Miller, all in the back catalogue. You can find the details www.thetoporderpodcast.com. We're the Top Order Podcast on Instagram, although we're still really figuring that out. We're at Top Order Pod on Facebook and Twitter. So don't be shy to jump on. Give our tweets a share or a retweet and we'll see you next week.